Grace, mercy, and peace be yours today from God our Father, from our Lord, and from our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Wednesday evening last week, about 80 people gathered here to start a journey together. And if you were here, you left this place with some ashes on your forehead. On your forehead. Because that was, we said, a marker for the beginning of this journey. I don't know that any of you had left those ashes on your forehead till you went to wherever your activities took you the next day. I didn't because I didn't want to get in trouble for messing up the pillowcase. But that was my excuse. But it was a reminder about the journey that we had, uh, that we're starting in the Lenten season, these 40 days. And if you are uh, concerned about doing the math on the 40 days and you know that it's, you don't count Sundays in the 40, that's why it ends up being 40. So you kind of get Sundays off, apparently. But it was a, uh, a reminder, not only of the beginning of the Lenten season, it was a reminder of our journey with Jesus that we start and set aside in these days of preparation. The ashes and Ash Wednesday was a reminder of our sinfulness. The ashes became a reminder of our mortality because the words that were used when the ashes were imposed were words taken directly from the book of Genesis, dust you are and to dust you shall return. And along this Lenten journey, for those of us here at Christ Church, we're going to have some markers out between now and the 24th of April, Easter Sunday. One of those markers will be our persistent and consistent use of a couple of words that you'll be hearing. One of those words is extravagance the extravagance of God. And you'll be hearing that expressed in several ways, biblically, in some study materials that will be available and are available for small group conversation. And let me just say a word about that. Kathy Baker and I have been working together uh, for the past number of weeks in putting this and putting this together. Kathy's done some incredibly nice work assembling a small group uh, discussion guide for participants, a leader's guide for those of you who are engaged in a small group and are leaders of a small group, and then for a broader use, a uh, kind of a lesson plan or a uh, uh, an educational piece of about three or four pages. I have about a, there, used, there I can still see a few out there on the table. There's a probably a small stack of them left on the table on the left as you leave, which is the extravagance of God, the first piece. It says session two, it's actually session one. And then there's a form on which if you haven't received the any of the small group discussion leader materials, you can sign your name there and we'll send them electronically to you and we'll do that each week around the various topics that we're going to be using over the Lenten season. If you read the ninth chapter of Luke's Gospel, you get out toward the ninth, the end of the ninth chapter, and Luke uses a phrase to describe Jesus' activities, and he says, uses these words. 
and Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. That phrase occurs over and over and over because from that moment that Luke describes to us, Jesus is focused. It's focused, of the focus of course is towards what's going to happen, but it's really Luke's way of telling us the story that it is indeed Jesus' focus on life and on resurrection. The people around Jesus simply do not yet know that. Just as our Lord moved with purpose toward Jerusalem, toward Easter, towards resurrection, I invite you in these remaining days of the Lenten season to move with purpose and deliberation out toward, not just toward Easter, but toward what will happen on Palm Sunday here at Christ Church, Consecration Sunday. I said a couple of words that will mark the Lenten season. One is the, the extravagance of God. The second is consecration. That's not a new word. We uh, had read that together in the book of Joshua. Remember these words? Joshua chapter 3. God told Joshua and the people to consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things for you. And in chapter 7 of Joshua, similar words, whenever there was a decisive moment for the people of Israel, God told Joshua, go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. You hear two themes in both of those phrases. They're both distinctly oriented toward the future. Because consecration, biblically, will always mean the future. How are we consecrated to take that step and advance into God's promises and literally to lean into it and to take advantage of it? So that's what we'll do, be doing together here at Christ Church. You'll be hearing weekly narratives developed around that theme, the extravagance of God, and about consecration about the extravagance of the richness of relationship with God and with each other, about the extravagance of God's expectations for us as God's people, about the extravagance of the creation and the abundance with which, even in the face of tragedy and hardship, sorrow and disappointment, we continue to believe that God has blessed and honored us. You'll be invited to participate in an act of consecration on the 17th of April when we will decide together to affirm what the future of our participation together is going to mean in the coming days at Christ Church how we will agree together and consecrate ourselves for the calling of, of another pastor, for preparing our budget and our ministry plans into the coming year. And we indeed are all in this act of consecration together. And on the 17th of April, we're going to say that and affirm that in one place, one worship service,
at one time, and then we're going to do what all good people of faith do afterwards. We'll go eat and have food. And there'll be the roadmap to use, the study guides that are prepared that you'll have access to. The information and the links will be posted eventually on the website so you can access those documents and spend time reading and studying and knowing a little bit more about what does it mean to be the consecrated people of God as we move into the future. Have you ever walked into a meeting or an event or an activity about halfway through? Has it ever happened to any of you? It certainly happened to me. And I've walked in, and even if I knew that I had to be late, it still never felt quite right. And if I didn't realize I was late, it was exponentially worse that I was so far out of the loop. In, in a sense, that's the story and the issue that I'd like to ask you to spend a couple of minutes with me about this morning. Around the idea of God's extravagance. Because there has to be a start point. Someplace along the way, we need to figure out where did God's extravagance get expressed and revealed and disclosed to all of us. And as I was planning for this morning, I thought of a couple of ways to do that. And I thought, I'll look for the words in the beginning. That made it a little bit easier because two of my favorite passages begin, start with those words. One of them is the Gospel of John, the prologue. Remember those words? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word was with God. And John goes on for 13 more verses to talk about the beginning. The other place, of course, where one finds those words, you know where it is. First book of the Bible. I cherish those words. In, in 1968, I remember when one of the astronauts was reading those words as um, the lunar orbiter was making its way toward the backside of the moon. I think it was Christmas Eve when those words were spoken. I was so impressed that there was a commemorative stamp that was produced and it said, in the beginning, God, and it had a picture of the earth up in the corner of the stamp. And I knew there was going to be a stamp and I just found mine the other day. It's 40 years old now, over 40 years old. In the beginning, God, and that's the passage I went to. I'd like you to hear that this morning. This is the first chapter of the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth... Let's do it this way. This is much better than my reading it. Watch this.
We sometimes forget about that extravagance of the creation. Here's some other pictures we often take for granted. Our capacity to build, to use the creation. Snowflakes. What we take for granted. Magnificent scenery. Oceans and mountains. And the greatest gift. God has created this world in such a way that all of our needs will be cared for and most of us know that it starts to go sideways when the proportions get lopsided. Listen to an interview the other evening on the radio as I was driving home. It was with a radio personality who's a financial planner, also a person of significant faith, it sounds like, from the interviews, named Dave Ramsey. He, on Friday evening, was interviewing some people who had participated with him in his, uh, his uh, seminars or his uh, mentoring to help them solve some of their financial problems. I was very impressed by what the people were reporting in these as they called in to talk with him. But every one of them had been families, sometimes one family with five or six children, another woman, a single mom, another nuclear family, all of whom had massive financial problems and significant debt. They also, in almost every case, had very adequate incomes to live very comfortably. But their debt had simply gotten far out of control. They talked about when they had solid incomes, but they also had great debt. They talked about how they lived with scarcity. That was the model. They didn't have, they couldn't allocate all of their money, their resources well to take care of themselves because they had overextended themselves. All of these families made some choices about how they wanted to change the way things were in their lives. And in a couple of those cases, they made choices that reduced their household income by as much as 50%. And they were able to live with those choices. And then the most remarkable thing happened. They began to talk about their lives, their financial lives, and their lives as families, as individuals, as people of God, not in terms of scarcity, even when their household income was reduced by 50%. They started to use words like abundance. And they said, when we had that income at that level, we were living lives of scarcity. But when we made these changes in our lives, we began to live lives of abundance. And they were asked, well, what, how did you do that? What, what happened? And they said, they all said the same thing. That it was a matter of realigning and reshaping their values and their priorities. And it changed their lives. We live lives in abundance because God's care for us, the creation itself, 
is profoundly extravagant. And God is extravagant in giving us multiple, multiple opportunities and privileges in an abundant creation. And clearly, things can get disjointed by earthquakes, by illness, by circumstances that we simply do not control. And while we may face that, and all of us have and will and do face those, we also believe that God's extravagant grace, God's extravagant goodness, makes it absolutely possible for us to deal with those setbacks, those issues, those challenges, those problems. Over the Lenten season, as we move toward Easter and take this journey with Jesus, I hope and pray with you and for you that you'll be able to hear the promise, the promise of God's nature expressed in new and fresh ways about God's extravagance and what it means for us as individuals and for as a community of faith here as a community of Christ Church to live and to carry out what we do with a sense of God's abundance rather than God's scarcity. And so over these coming weeks we'll visit those ideas about God's extravagance in relationships, in expectations, in God's promises, and finally on the 17th of April in terms of God's abundance and extravagance in helping us consecrate ourselves to God's invitation. And we'll celebrate that in an even more remarkable way on Easter Sunday, the 24th of April. Please join with me in prayer. God of our abundance, God of extravagance, God of creation, you're the God of our beginnings and of our endings and of the places and the spaces in between. Awaken in us your purposes. Awaken in us your invitation to move and to walk into the future. Knowing that we walk with Jesus, we walk with confidence, and we walk with goodness and grace. Continue to be with us in these Lenten days. You are the God of extravagance. You are the God of abundance. We pray in your holy name. Amen.